morning and welcome to Start the Week with um, Lorna and Lottie, the podcast where we chat all things culture, change, communications, coaching and leadership. Episode 7, Lorna. Episode 7. We made it to 7. Did any of our listeners make it to 7 well, with us? That's the Who big, knows? That's the big question. And today, Lorna and Lottie are breathing the same air. <laughs> we want the same thing. <laughs> I've made, I've, I've got, I've got all of my uh, vaccinations and my passport and I've made the trip up the M25 and M40 and I am in. Where are you? I'm in Stratford-upon-Avon, baby. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's what, that's what Satnav said. So I believe it to be true. You are actually in Warwickshire. Welcome to the city of, Sh- the town of Shakespeare's birth. Thank you very much. It's absolutely delightful to be here. It's glorious, isn't it? It it's is. wonderful. I do have a bone to pick with you, which is actually a bone that, um, one of our listeners picked with me last week which is we start this with good morning and at this particular point in time and when we release it it will be the afternoon so whatever time you're listening listeners we welcome that's you that's feedback is a gift darling feedback is a feedback gift is a it's gift. just data so i'm just gonna say good from now on yeah good fill in oh, the gap yeah. <laughs> how are you doing anyway this episode um as we come to the end of 2023 um we called get in the bin And where do we start? What do we mean? By get in the bin. I think everyone knows what we mean by get in the bin. And a Merry Christmas to you all. It's a phrase we use quite often. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so today we're going to take a little bit of a satirical look back at 2023 and the things from a business perspective that we want to see the back of in Mm. 2024. I've got a very long list. I'm checking it twice. And all the things that have been naughty (laughs) are going in the bin. Yes, right. So what first, Lorna, are we... And we're kind of a little bit in agreement here. Yes. um, That that number one gets put in the bin. But, well, we've got a kind of love-hate relationship with it, haven't we? We do. And um, it's a hard one. Actually, we can't really actually put it in the bin. We actually can't. We can't. We'd love to put it in the bin, but it cannot go because we're sort of reliant on it. We have a codependent relationship with this thing um and it's probably the reason that you're listening to us today and that thing is lottie do i do a drum roll do a drum roll or a klaxon it's linkedin boo Boo his linkedin well kind of yeah love linkedin hate linkedin um you know obviously it's got its um upsides it's great for networking um it's great for sharing content and bits of information but god damn it's so disingenuous it's not just that it's disingenuous, is it? It's sort of, it's the worst, it's not the worst of all social media, but it is, it's, it's not, it, it's not really even entertaining like TikTok. It's and it's not, not visual like, it's not visual like, like Instagram. Instagram. It's not help, as helpful as, I can't sell, you know, my old dishwasher on it, like Facebook. Um... And so, but it is necessary, and that's the problem. It is a necessary evil. Yeah. In this remote, virtual, hybrid world that we live in, and unfortunately, it's where everybody is. So we we are on LinkedIn, um, slightly unwillingly. We'd always rather not. Then we get, we get, we get, we go send an article, and then you've just got that tumbleweed, that moment of is is anyone going to like it? 
it's awful, isn't it? Because like all social media, and there's a brilliant book, by the way, by Johan Hari called Stolen Focus, which talks about the impact of social media on um, on our brains. On our, our fragile little egos. On our fragile <laughs> psyches. But it's true because they're designed, and LinkedIn is no different, they're designed to trigger that kind of dopamine reward yeah. centre in you. And so you'll continue looking for engagement, followers, likes, and you get a little bit addicted to it. And so when you post something, and of course... The extra thing on LinkedIn, sort of like a dating app, is that when you put something out there on LinkedIn, you're doing it because you want an outcome. You want business or to get a job or whatever it might or be. Or to stroke my fragile ego or in my to case. stroke Lottie's <laughs> fragile <laughs> ego. And all of those things are valid outcomes. However, um, they don't, you don't always get the results that you're hoping for. Yeah. And we are pretty new at this LinkedIn malarkey and reluctantly doing it. So... I actually don't think we should throw it in the bin, but I think we either need to jump on the LinkedIn bus or we need to find a different way to connect okay, with people. Okay, can I throw something else from LinkedIn in the bin then? Yes. Can it be the fact that everyone is seemingly so unbelievably delighted to be invited <laughs> to the opening of an envelope or people <laughs> so blatantly do a from the heart post with a picture of their kids just to get the likes and it's so easy to see through and it's so uncreative and it's so superficial that it does make my creative heart die a little every day so i mean this this is the the facebookification of linkedin isn't it this is what this is i would happily throw the facebookification of linkedin in the bin with the caveat that and we say this a lot People should be allowed to be real, be authentic, be vulnerable. I'm not looking for dry corporateness either. No, agree. LinkedIn. No, agree. And I think that's the problem is we haven't found the sweet spot yep. between dry corporateness at one end of the spectrum and, ooh, shouldn't this be on Facebook at the other end of the spectrum? And I would like somewhere in the middle. I'd just like normal people. Yeah. So we're but trying to delight us a little bit too, trying to be a little bit more creative, trying to be a little bit more interesting, trying yeah. not to look like they're being so unbelievably superficial, which I'm afraid how most people on LinkedIn well, comes across for me. And make it so there was a really, actually, I really liked, there's um, uh, a lady called Katrina Collier, who is, she's the robotless recruiter and she's um, brilliant. She posted something last week. She shared somebody else's um, LinkedIn post and that was a cool video of him playing piano and singing a song that he'd made up about why um, recruitment was so shit. And that got that was interesting it was relevant it was engaging it was amusing it showed him in his real life context it showed a talent that he had and at no point did i find out about his kids tortoises ca cancer diagnosis <laughs> so <laughs> that says it all so disingenuous linkedin get in the bin yes creative added value linkedin you may say. come to mama Come to Come mama. Come to mama. We're waiting in our in our sinking jumpers. I have obviously got a pink jumper on today because I couldn't meet Lorna without a selection of my Pantone reference jumpers in my suitcase. <laughs> and yours, frankly, is a rather unappealing shade of biscuit. That can, oh. that can get in the bin. Lorna's jumper can get in the bin. You can borrow one of mine. So rude. <laughs> anyway, so rude. moving swiftly on, I am going to um, put my second... Gambit on the table. This is my Gwyneth Paltrow um, stealth wealth jumper. Thank you very much. I wish you well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lorna, 
I have been the victim throughout the past year mm. of the rise of the ChatGPT new business prospecting email. And frankly, it's driving me mad. Make it stop already. That can go in the bin. They can all go in the bin. If you are delegating your new business emails to ChatGPT, first of all, we can tell. We can really tell. Stop unleashing everything on us, <laughs> people. The second I see anything that's got the word unleashing in, I'm like, ChatGPT, get in the bin. It's just so obvious. And I also think, because I'm now a cynic, because of ChatGPT, I also think that there are some actual whole LinkedIn accounts up there that are just just AI, just ChatGPT. That guy, so, that, that guy who was trying to link in with me, who yes. was basically saying that he was specifically targeting HR. Fat mums. Fat recruitment mums. Fat recruitment mums. It was absolutely obscene. It was offensive on it so many so levels. It was so offensive on so many levels. It was so horrible. And I almost accepted it just so I could kind of play with the bot, but I decided I had far more important things to do. So just explain this a little bit more for our listeners. So what, what, what happened and how did we know that this might be a bot? Um, what, what happened, it was someone who was trying to link in with me who was a guy who was claiming that he could help specifically HR and recruitment mothers shed those unwelcome pounds. I mean, like, like he had the audacity to claim that anyone actually wanted to lose these pounds that clearly as a recruitment or HR mom, you seem to be gay. But he was also saying things like how he could stop daytime drinking. These, these poor, <laughs> hard done by HR and recruitment moms. Sitting who there with a bottle of wine in front of them. And their Cadbury's chocolates, you know, whilst desperately trying to recruit and manage the kids at the same time. Um, it was, it, it was, was the most offensive thing I think I've seen on LinkedIn all year. And that's, that takes a prize. Yeah, we're back to LinkedIn again. But it was a LinkedIn. It was. Well, we think he was AI. We think that was automatically generated yeah. because what real human would manage to be that offensive so wholly and unreservedly? No, so that So AI sales can get in the bin. Can I just read you, though, the thing that I got that made me um, the most mad about the AI chatbots? So they so I had this I had this one email and um, that the bot was telling me that I must be thinking wow this person has been bothering me for weeks what a tremendous heart is this person going to summit Mount Kilimanjaro next I mean what a tremendous load of rubbish it's like people sure use ChatGPT and other you know OpenAI um, platforms are available. But seriously, give it an edit, mate. Give it an edit. Do you think that was just somebody who literally just... Is this the difference, though? People have used ChatGPT and have not then given it an edit. Exactly what's happened. So people have just gone, I'm going to plug this in and whatever nonsense it comes out must with, be I'm right. going, I'm going to, it must be I'm okay. I'm going to trust the robot. The, the robot will show me the way. This is how the world will end. Yeah. This is how the world will end. So I've got one. Yeah. Sort of related to this, but we don't really need robots for it. But I think because we do it, the robots are picking up on it and amplifying it, right. which is business BS. Oh, the yeah. nonsense we talk only within the confines of a business or organisation. We don't say this stuff around the Christmas dinner table to our grannies. If we did, we'd look so stupid. We never talk about running something up the flagpole when we're choosing a Christmas movie. We just don't do this. And yet we 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 create acronyms. The mm. number of people who think that putting another acronym into a sentence makes them sound smarter or, you know, as if they know they're in the know. We use phrases like we wouldn't, I'm never going to circle back. 
to anyone. Or pivot. I don't want to pivot. pivot. And I don't want to reach out. Because I'm base. not the Supremes. <laughs> and I don't want to touch, touch your base. base. I don't want to touch your base. Touch anyone's base. <laughs> Um, if I had ducks, they could roam free. I don't need them in a row. Oh my God, that's absolutely hilarious. It's so true. And it's just this kind of strange idea. And I, I notice people do it a lot when they write kind of corporate stuff, when they write as when they write as employees as opposed to writing as humans, right? Yes. A perfectly normal, rational, chatty, friendly person turns into this really weird corporate robot the second their fingers touch the keyboard and they come out with words that they would never ordinarily write or say. No. And it's just a massive barrier. It's a huge turn-off from a, from a human-to-human interaction point of view, right? It's just so disconnecting to have somebody communicate with you in that really corporate way. And you know this because whenever that's happened in a bad customer service scenario and they've gone a bit corporate robot, it just gets your hackles yeah. up. It's so, dis- it's so inhuman that there's, it doesn't build the bridges of human connection between us so it's, it's poor communication but it's also i think people do it because they think that's the way they have to speak in in business it's that sort um, of 1950s corporate, corporate office, office isn't it it's yeah tone it's so and it's all of, talking about the corporate office it's all of the things that they took the mickey out of in the office and that was just as you know kind of dialed up for satire but mm. we still do it so for me business bs of all forms acronyms stupid turns of phrase Things that you would never say in a real human context to your kids or your mum. Just don't don't bring it into the into Perfect. business. No, exactly. Say something. Say say the simple thing, the easiest, cleanest, simple way to say it. Say that. You know, it's kind of just going back. You know, Steve Jobs, the absolute master of communication, his ability to turn enormously complex um, concepts into mm. really understandable, simple language. Yeah, and it's actually not clever. To talk in an over-convoluted, over-convoluted, that's not even a phrase, is it? That's not even a thing. Anyway, it's not, it's not helpful and it doesn't make you look smarter to speak in a complex corporate way. No. And in fact, when I'm listening to somebody do that, the more I think, they don't really know, know what, what they're, they're talking, talking about. about. Yeah. So that can go in the bin. I what can... else have you got? Um, well, I want to put a particular paragraph of a Forbes article. Very specifically, I want to put that particular paragraph into the bin. There was something going around on LinkedIn, which obviously isn't in the bin, so I'm allowed to refer to it. Um, An article that Forbes wrote, a bit of a kind of future projection for 2024, things that organisations... What is Forbes' great insight, Lottie? Forbes' great insight is that 2024 will be the year of treating employees like customers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally like they did not read the 1994 Heskett service profit chain some 29 years ago that quantified the inexplicable link between Forbes. the importance of customer experience and employee experience. And it's like, guys, really? Forbes. That concept... Isn't that amazing? Do you think Forbes are also going to say that 2024 is the year of um, the Pope being Catholic? <laughs> or the year that bears... Um, who in the woods. Who in the woods. Mm. I mean, how, to, how to put something as a headline that is just stating the blinking obvious. No, exactly. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, and the, the fact is that they've kind of... They've got a little point in that 
we know from our work that a lot of organisations still don't deliver what we call now kind of consumer-grade communications. We know that actually often the employees are the poor relations when it comes to investing effort, creativity, insight, quality communications. We kind of, you know, we kind of, we kind of know that already. Yeah. Um, and actually, I would say there's absolutely no excuse nowadays not to be treating your employees like customers especially when it comes to communications you know the text there the skills should be there and if you don't have the skills hire them in mm. and we've got so much knowledge and so much more insight into our people and we know that the battle for talent's on we know that recruiting and retaining people is so vitally important and so honestly anyone that's putting onto their 2024 to-do list needs to get in the bin themselves as well as this Forbes article oh so, um, A, I agree. B, um, I mean, this is where the whole uh, employee experience concept came from, right? Because we got customer experience, employee experience. And yes, you're right, Heskip in the service profit chain, um, which I wrote my master's dissertation on Slip about 100 in. years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> did mention it about 100 years ago, and it's not, it's not new information, Forbes. However, businesses do still operate as if it is new information so it's easy enough to say just hire the people in we know all these things we know all the principles we understand it from the customer experience side of things but then you look at the budgets that we put behind customer experience and the budgets that we put behind employee experience and they don't stack up so we end up with disconnected systems and processes at the back end we end up with substandard quality of outputs in terms of as you say communication or even policy process ways of treating our employees that if you if you took that standard of, of operating and I'm not this isn't a slight on HR um, people this is a slight on the system that we've created but if you took that standard and put it into the world of customer facing organizations you'd not have a work, single customer left you wouldn't have a single customer left and you'd also probably get fired mm. but we seem to think it's okay to communicate with our employees in in these ways it's, well like, like they are those rational robots this whole kind of thinking that when people you know step into the workplace threshold however they do that now that they suddenly switch their brains to rational robot mode like they're like that it's okay for, for them to receive unwieldy corporate jargony impossible to read and engage with pieces of communication it's just like yeah you know, yeah. No, you know fine okay i get that they don't have the budgets but it's not difficult to take a piece of text and go actually i'm going to strip that back i mean yeah. coming back to my whole idea of kind of editing there are some really really simple techniques that you can use to improve your employee communication for one yeah absolutely chat gpt <laughs> oh there you go we've come, we've come full circle and actually you know I'm, I'm going to kind of refer to engagement successes for enablers here just as a kind of kind of way to kind of get people to kind of focus their brains for how can we treat people more like customers how can we make sure we're delivering a really good employee experience right and they are essentially have a strong strategic narrative so leaders who can tell your story, your brand story, right? Clearly, yeah. so everyone understands the role that they've got to play in delivering the purpose, have a sense of purpose and drive towards that. Invest in your managers, make sure you're stretching and coaching your managers so they can deliver the best experience possible yeah. to your people. Listen to your people. Yeah. Genuinely amplify their voices, listen to what they have to say, 
Um, and then finally, have some organisational integrity. Make sure that those values on the wall are reflected in the day-to-day behaviours of everyone across an organisation. Um, they're a really good lens to look at how you can start to power up your employee experience. Yeah, and and two things about that. So one, even that is not new news. Even that nope. is 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you flip, flip that and use those principles through the lens of dealing with customers, you can see why they make sense. So have a real, really clear strategic narrative. Know your brand Brand story. story. So you look at all the big brands, they've got a brand story, you know what they stand for. Invest in your frontline managers. Invest in the people who interact with your customers. People who don't invest in their customer service team or their service teams, see, see that. Listen to your people, listen to your customers, customer voice. Have integrity, deliver on your promise that you know d- say do what you say you're going to do those are just basic fundamental common sense ways of dealing with customers that we take for granted and yet we still don't do that with our people inside the business so i would go one step further than forbes always and i would say it's not about treating your employees like your customers right. it's about treating everybody that you interact with as the human beings they, that they are. actually are i love that wise as ever my dear Lorna Lisa. But wearing a very but wearing a very, me- a very mediocre jumper. jumper. Lorna's jumper, get in the bin. Um, I think that just about sums up um, our get in the bin roundup of 2023. So should we just end on a positive note and say mm. the one thing you want to have all over your 2024? Um, more interesting, inspirational uh human connection as always so the stuff that i'd like to take with me from 23 into 24 is all of the brilliant human connections that i've made yeah. this year clients colleagues people in business and out um it's been a real year for, for for those and i'd like more please yeah i think that's absolutely right you know there's a certain type of people that we absolutely love working with and they make work just absolutely joyful for us and so we say get out of the bin those people and come into our Love bucket. Does that sound revolting? (laughs) Why did I just say love bucket? Oh, Jesus, what a way to end this year's podcast. Um, I'm just going to move swiftly on to say that I want loads more Ted Lasso in 2024. Lorna's been imploring me to watch Ted Lasso for like about the past three months. And finally, I got my Apple TV subscription. And oh man, I am... I love it. It's the most joyous, um, entertaining, beautifully written and heartwarming thing I think I've ever seen. And because my mind is always on work, Lorna, I think there's some really interesting things that we can learn from Ted Lesso about truly modern leadership, which I'm going to make you do a podcast about um, sometime in January. Amazing. Amazing. You know the great Brene Brown also loves Ted Lasso well, as well. If so Brene loves it, it's I good love for it. Brene if Brown. it's good enough for Brene Brown, it's good enough for us. Um, so right, I think next Monday is actually Christmas Day. So um, happy Christmas, everyone. Seven <laughs> days hence. And we've loved doing these podcasts. I mean, we've, we're only seven down, but we are absolutely keeping on with this. So I hope you're all enjoying um, listening to us as much as we're enjoying making them. And um, absolutely. I think we'll finish up there. We will. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Lottie. I'm Merry keeping Christmas, the jumper, Lorna. I think I'm going to get you a jumper for Christmas. I'm joking, by the way, everyone. She's got the most amazing fashion sense, so I've, <laughs> I've really done her a massive disservice, and she's going to, like, shout at me once we finish this. Lottie, get in the bin. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.